just a very, very brief introduction from myself. So I'm a partner here at NDK InfoSec and we are a, a cybersecurity recruitment company successfully placing people right across uh, the UK, EMEA regions, but also uh, on the east coast of America more recently as well. Uh, I'm also joined here by the, our three panellists, as well as Dean Charlton here. Um, Dean works uh, alongside myself as part of the team. Uh, all we do is the cyber recruitment side of things, does the exact same job I do. Here is a bit of a helping hand. And also, if we run into any tech problems, Dean will be able to, to pick up and, and help things out. So in case you're wondering who, who Dean is. Um, so over the last couple of years in particular, we've noticed the real key uh, theme in the industry that there's a lot of people joining cybersecurity from other sectors uh, through the use of transferable skills. So as you've seen, the theme of this whole webinar here is to raise awareness and really demonstrate the transferable skills that are out there uh, that will be suited to cybersecurity. So in cybersecurity, there's very much a broad range of roles, those that are very technical, um, those that are not technical at all. So I guess the message is whatever your background may be, there is a good chance that there's a role out there for you in the cybersecurity side of things um, that your transferable skills might lend to very, very well. So to help bring this to life, um, three guest speakers here have kindly given up their time um, to give their perspective and their thoughts on the transferable skills within cybersecurity. Uh, we have Sean Kearney, Director of Information Security at Natixis. We have Stuart Seymour, who is Security Director with Centrica, and then also Jasper Jandu, who is the Deputy CISO and Head of Cybersecurity for ITV. So a warm welcome to those guys. Um, now, just before we get into the, um, the, the sort of the present talks, I guess, um, just a quick bit of housekeeping. So the plan is for, for each speaker to, to give their thoughts and perspective on transferable skills and, and where people come from into the industries. Um, then what we'll do is we'll open the floor to a, to a Q&A. So we should have a good Q&A half an hour slot at the end there, if not a little bit more perhaps, where we can go through individual questions that people have asked previously and prior to this uh, webinar, and then also throughout the webinar itself. So please feel free to ask uh, questions. One thing I would ask though, is if you are asking questions, would you be able to put them through the uh, Q&A box that you'll see on the right-hand side of your screen uh, and not through the chat? All it does, it just makes it a little bit easier for us to record those questions. And then if we need to, if we don't get a chance to ask them, answer them fully, we can come back to them later uh, with, a, with a personalized answer for yourself. So if you could put all questions through the Q&A box, that would be fantastic. Um, I know there's also a sort of hands up icon thing as well. Um, we're relatively limited on time, so we're not gonna use that one today. Um, so any interactions, please feel free to fire away through the, the Q&A. And um, without any further ado, I'd, I'd like to hand over to to Sean, who will uh, walk you through his uh, his experiences, his thoughts. Sure, thanks, James. Um, so, hi everybody. Yeah, Sean Carney here. I am um, the uh, CISO and Director of Information Security for the Americas platform of Natixis. They're a French investment bank, uh, and I'm based in New York. So, my background, um, I guess, is quite topical for for this conversation. I came from a completely non-technical information security irrelevant background so i started out in what 2008 or so with a bachelor's degree in sports science that's it no no infosec no it nothing uh before that i was working as a delivery driver for Domino's and a football coach right so absolutely nothing uh by way of infosec but um when i graduated i went and thought what can i do what's the quick quick way of making loads of money um so I looked at people like um, like NDK and uh, looked at people like James and I see them making all this huge amount of money. So I figured, all right, let's give recruitment a try. 
it didn't work out for me. wasn't uh, wasn't cut out for it. wasn't making the millions I expected. So I went and uh, and bought a CISP, Dummy's Guide to CISP. I still have it. Um, unfortunately, it's still in the UK, but I wish I could show it to you. It is well thumbed and certainly uh, certainly well read. But uh, when I was working in recruitment, I sort of stumbled into recruiting for infosec professionals. So I was talking to, to, to people like my, my fellow panelists here and um, understanding what they do on a daily basis. And uh, it sounded like, for the most part, people enjoyed what they did, which was kind of surprising. Um, my experience to that, to that date was people kind of just do a job to pay the money and pay the salary and pay the mortgage and what have you. But it seemed like people in Infosec really had a, an interest in what it is that they were doing on a daily basis, whether that be penetration testing or policy writing or board presentations, whatever the case may be, people seem to enjoy it a lot more than, um, than maybe my colleagues did in recruitment at the time. So I thought, let's give that a try. The money seems to be great. Um, you know, I was recruiting for, you know, 30,000 all the way up to 200,000. So I figured, you know, at some stage, if I can make half of that, I'll be over the moon. So, uh, so yeah, read the book, thought maybe I could give this a go. So I went and did um, a master's at Royal Holloway. And uh, after that, uh, James and uh, and the team over at NDK found me a job straight off the bat, actually, and I went and joined uh, a Japanese corporate bank. But um, yeah, that was, what, six years ago now? So still fairly early in my career, I would say. But um, those that sort of transition, I guess, is the thing that I think is most um most relevant to, to those on the call at the moment and it's one of those things when you when you, you're not too sure what you're doing you're not too sure whether it's what you want to do whether you're cut out for it you have all this second guessing you have am i am i the right guy can i do this you see all of those other people around you and you think oh they have completely different backgrounds you know you're studying with people who have it degrees or or it masters or they have experience in support or what have you and uh and you're sat there going i, I could tell you what the order is for the guy down the road he gets two pizzas and a garlic bread you know it's you don't have that background of skills to fall back on so that was a, a big challenge for me i would say and uh and one of those things is just appreciating what you are you know um when i first started i had a year's experience just through the masters and that was it so i was joining a, a firm that expected me to be a security consultant and expected me to go and liaise with it and the business and to um, you know discuss all of these infosec concepts that were fairly new to me um, and I guess the biggest thing that I took from that and I would recommend that you take too um, is as and when you break into the industry to to understand and to accept that uh, that most of the time certainly in the early days people around you are going to know more than you that's a good thing like that's something that you can draw from you can take from um, I guess that adds into my next my next aspect which is that if you're surrounded by people who know more than you, the best thing you can do is listen. That's it. There's no, there's no point in, you know, trying to um, ignore it or wait till they stop talking so that you can jump in with your two cents. Active listening is huge, you know, um, not again, not just waiting for somebody else to stop talking so you can throw your two cents in. It's really, it's about understanding what they're saying and why they're saying it too. For me, I think the reason why I guess my, my, progression or, or what have you has been fairly quick is I try and focus in on people's viewpoints so if you're talking to somebody for example I was yesterday I was talking to our trading team so these guys make huge money um, they're always on edge super on the edge of a knife you know they could 
flip their top or they could um, make huge monies or huge losses just in you know the blink of an eye. So understanding what InfoSec means to them is hugely important to making sure that they actually listen to you too. So if you understand that they don't have time, their, their requirements for accuracy of data is hugely important because they're going to go and buy these huge amounts of stock based on a couple of numbers. If those numbers are wrong, then, uh, then you have an issue. Or if those numbers are delayed, then the, the market has moved by the time at which they're trying to, uh, trying to perform this action. So really, truly taking a minute to understand what these people do and why they're doing it really allows you to sort of frame InfoSec appropriately. So you can pitch it as a sort of, I'm helping you do your job, as opposed to you just have to do it because the policy says so. That'll only get you so far. It's, it's necessary sometimes. Some people are just difficult and you have to say, no, the policy says so, you see, you've got to do it. But for the most part, if you can bring people with you on that InfoSec journey and get them to understand that I'm here to help you and I'm here to support you, and the sort of age-old cliche of security as a business enabler, you really can push down that that path and say, I am here to help you achieve your goals because together we all want the company to succeed. Um, so I guess that's a huge one for me is, is people skills. Uh, if you don't have those people skills, then you can absolutely work on them. I um, I came from, from that sort of recruitment angle, so I didn't necessarily have zero people skills, but I certainly wasn't... Uh, you know, a big presenter, networker, I'm still not a great networker. And that's something that I continue to work on. But um, if you can bring those uh, interactions and really truly treat security as a, a personality thing and a personal thing, as opposed to a sort of intangible, non-relevant IT kind of topic that, you know, like our, our parents or certainly our grandparents would see as this sort of magic that happens in the box and you know in these computer boxes and there's hackers and all this stuff that they don't really know enough about to understand and get comfortable with if we can make it more relevant that's uh, that's us doing our job in in my perspective so if we can try and apply security to to people's personal lives to their to their pockets to you know their their day-to-day -day lives that's what's going to get you um to the right position or to where you want to be. And whether that be, again, from a penetration tester who's hugely technical to a, a policy analyst or an awareness guide or trainer, um, you know, making security applicable is, is huge. So that for me is the number one transferable skill that I think you should try and focus on bringing um, to InfoSec and to try and personalize it because it is right now non-relevant for a lot of people. I look, at, I look at a number of my colleagues who are in the business. They don't really care about InfoSec. They just care about getting their job done. Um, and they don't want to you know, set off any flags. Fine. No problem. But if you make it uh, so that you're helping them do their job, do it quicker, do it safer, then you're going to uh, you're gonna go places with that. Um, the only other point um, that I want to bring in is the problem solving. So no matter what field you're in, whether that be policies, administrative, technical um, leadership, there's going to be problems and you're going to need to solve them and you're going to need to figure out how. So for me, it's always take a step back. Any knee-jerk response, 99% of the time, is not going to be the right one. Um, in certain fields, you need to have a, a quick response. So incident management, for example, you need to be fast um, because time is of the essence, but it doesn't need to be knee-jerk. So I would always say in, in every part of your life, but also when you particularly come into, uh, come into the infosec field, taking a step back, understanding the bigger picture before pulling any triggers 
is always uh, is always a better thing to do. So you can practice that in your own lives, and I'm sure you already do that in certain aspects of your your own lives and your current careers. So uh, it's definitely try and put a pin in that whenever you're doing it, and embrace it, and appreciate that that's what you do. And uh, and then moving forwards, you can try and apply that to your um, to your infosec careers when you get there. Um, now. I think I'm conscious of time. So uh, James, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'll probably hand over to uh, to my colleagues here at this point and uh, leave any questions for the, uh, the Q&A at the end. That's perfect. Thank you, Sean. I really appreciate that. Uh, I, just a couple of notes just from me. I, I think I like, you know, you, you had that initial interest in security. You went for it. You read the, you know, the CISP for Dummies guide, and then that led you to the masters and so on and so forth. So it's that little bit of interest, a little bit of action, and then exercising those soft transferable skills to, to, to maximize that the rest of the career was, was really, really good to hear. Refreshing, I guess, you know, because uh, it's tangible for the people. Yeah, and I just add to that, when I was doing my masters, I was in the same boat as a number of other people. I wasn't, you know, the only guy who was doing it from, from nothing. <clears throat> Lots of people do it this way. And um, and if you really are interested in infosec, it's definitely uh, it's definitely achievable. Awesome, thank you very much. And so um, thank you, Sean. Um, I'll now hand over to to Stuart that will uh, talk you through some of his experiences um, with the transferable skills, uh, predominantly from that sort of ex-military type standpoint. So um, over to you, Stuart. Oh. Thank you, James, and um, thank you, Sean. A lot of what uh, Sean, you said really, really resonates. Um, so my story is I'm ex-army. I was in the army for 12 years, loved my time there. And then I moved into physical security and crisis management. Um, the aspect of that being it's physical and, and certainly not um, cyber security. Um, but two and a half years ago, I decided to to sort of to make the leap just like um, Sean did. And it was relatively daunting um, for me because for those who don't really understand um, IT and don't understand how things work, um, it's a whole new language. And it's a whole, whole new language with a whole bunch of acronyms that people use very freely that just don't understand and when you put someone under pressure um, and they're from the IT side of the fence they will kind of defend themselves in three-letter abbreviations and, and soup and technicality to try and bamboozle you from from you know finding the right answer so I think the first transferable skill um, is and, and what certainly has helped me in my cybersecurity career is I had to learn cyber as a second language, like you learn French or Spanish. And therefore, what I did is I translated cyber into physical security. So when someone talks to you about, you know, um, this version 7.20 firewall, well, it's, it's just a gate, it's, it's like a fence. And when someone talks to you about you know dns poisoning well it's it's kind of someone intercepting your mail at the post office and and, and once you start to um understand the concepts um and translate that language then then information security becomes a lot lot more straight straightforward it's a language that has to be learned and just like 
you learned English, and just like you learned a second language, this is just another language to be learned with, with sort of relatively similar concepts. So that's the first uh, thing that I'd say is don't be intimidated when, when you know, the first encounter with cybersecurity is three-letter acronyms and soup. Um, another thing that Sean mentioned, which hugely resonated with me, is start small and build up. So I don't know if you can see it because of my background, but I'm holding here Hacking for Dummies. The For Dummies series is brilliant. And my recommendation um, is that you start with networking for dummies. So you understand what you're trying to protect. And then you go and you, you, you specialize the, the, the CIS for dummies that, that Sean was talking about is, is a qualification. Um, but if you start with networking and then specialize in your field and then subsequently get an accreditation like Sean's Masters, which is incredibly impressive, um, do that because what you will need to do is, is, is stand back on some credentials. And again, a transferable skill that you, you all have and that we've always had is, 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 is a passion for learning. And, and this is just another learning journey for, for another subject, which, you know, don't be intimidated by. Um, so that's the second thing. I think um, getting some sort of accreditation um, is a must. Um, you know, you can go Grand Slam like Sean and get a master's, or you can go and get a CISP, or you can uh, go to SANS, uh, which is the route that I took, um, which are week-long, um, super intense courses. They start at eight in the morning and finish at eight at nine, and you do it for seven days straight with labs in them and what have you. And they, they, they get progressively more complex. Um, but any of those routes, whatever route is best for you, um, you know, you should take and, and, and you should underpin your um, your desire to come into the career with some, some sort of qualification. So I, I think there's also a transferable skill there. Um, other transferable skills, um, again, there's a lot, there's a lot that Sean uh, said that resonated with me. At the end of the day, security is hideous and nobody wants to do nobody wants to have security imposed on them um and our profession done badly is is possibly the worst function maybe alongside hr which just is um done badly is possibly the worst thing you can have so understanding the business and understanding that you are there to find a pathway to yes and that you're there to facilitate the business making money is your job your job is not to deny to lock down to say no your job is to find a controlled way to under to to say yes and to understand the risk and articulate to the business what they're about to do and what are the potential consequences of what they're about to do? And if they want to do it, it's their choice. 
you're, you're there. So that's a transferable skill. It's all about understanding risk and what have you. The, the example that, that I always give is in, in relation to security and to just understand what a, how hideous security could be, despite the fact that I've been in that profession all my life, um, is that I can 100% guarantee that I can make your iPhone secure. 100% unhackable by anyone, even the NSA. But what that will entail is me putting your iPhone in a Faraday envelope, taking a hammer to it, and then burying it in the garden. It's not much use. So with security, you have to find the balance of confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Because I've just ensured that the confidentiality of your iPhone is 100%, but it's not very available. Um, and so the third transferable skill, I think, um, which again, you all have, is being able to balance. Uh, and, and you do it in your daily lives with you know, your loved ones or your significant others that they want you home more often than you are. They don't want you at work or they don't want you to be down the pub or not down the pub or what have you. It's a balance that, that you all find. It's just finding that same balance um, from, a, from a sort of a professional um, aspect. Um, again, um, one of the things in cybersecurity is you will always find someone smarter than you, which again was part of the point that Sean made it really resonated with me and learn from them. You, you've had, you have people who you will come across in your career who have, will have done some just breathtakingly amazing things from developing new products to developing new applications to being former analysts at GCHQ or the NSA uh, to being the person that um, stopped WannaCry dead in its tracks you will find amazing people, learn from them. Um, and, and they're not necessarily people that will be senior to you. Um, junior people who just love, I don't know, coding and penetration testing. If you take time to find, you know, what they do, uh, you'll, you'll learn a huge deal. So again, another transferable skill is that, um, appetite for learning that curiosity um, because it's a field that's evolving so rapidly um, so cybersecurity, I dare say and I, I'll let my fellow panelists opine on this I think someone who practiced cybersecurity 10 years ago is is as current as you guys that want to get into the industry now because 10 years ago, cybersecurity was a completely different landscape with completely different threats, with completely different technologies. Um, so the fact that you have a 20-year cybersecurity veteran that you're speaking to, don't be intimidated by that because really 15 years of that is irrelevant because we're not on Windows 98 anymore. Um, conscious of time, uh, and I know because I know that you, you have an epic final uh, final panelist in, in, in Jasper and I don't want to take up his his time. I guess for those of you who, who came from the um, 
Officers Association and our ex-military. There's a bunch of um, transferable skills. Um, you know, it's all about leadership. It's all about delivery. It's all about teamwork. It's all about that quest, that thirst for knowledge, that curiosity. Um, for those of you who, who, who didn't, hopefully the, the, the transferable skills that I spoke about before um, give you some confidence. Um, it's, it's a language that, that, that you have to learn. And once you get into the language and once you understand um, what it entails, um, don't, you know, don't be intimidated by the acronyms. And, mm. and as I said, um, the soup. And then finally, understand what, what your role is and, and, you know, your role as a security professional is, is not to put people's iPhones in a Faraday envelope and smash them and say no and deny. Mm. Your, your role is to be agile, move with the business, understand the business like Sean showed you, you know, his traders, if they, for him, I talked about confidentiality, integrity and, and, and availability. But for him, because he moves so fast, his traders move so fast, the confidentiality might not necessarily be that much of an aspect, but he needs his data and needs it now because his traders need to make a decision. For me, the deals at Centrica with, you know, British Gas customers, confidentiality is pretty important because, you know, it's your credit card details or your grant's credit card details. Um, the, 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 the sort of the availability aspect isn't as important to me as it is to Sean. Um, because if I don't have a certain system available, okay, I don't bill for a day, but I can bill the next day, but the credit cards are locked tight. Um, so it's understanding what business you're serving and, and what parts of, of, of the confidentiality, integrity and availability balance you need to find. And, and then my final thing is just go for it. Go for it. It's, it's an area that is expanding. It's an area that's becoming, that's developing at a, a, a huge pace. It's exciting. Every time that you find um, a way to defeat an adversary, they find another way mm. to come back at you. Before, when we were dealing with ransomware, we were just thinking, okay, they'll, you know, if they get into a computer, they'll just encrypt it. And okay, if I've got backups of data, you know, I might be able to mitigate it. Now they're not just encrypting it, they're also exfiltrating it. And it's all, you know, a new development and it moves so very fast. Um, that's, that's a, so it's a great, great area to be in. Okay. Um, I think um, fantastic points. I think the go for it point at the end there, risk management coming out of the forces is is so sort of continuous with the people that I speak to and it's it's so transferable into this world. So yeah, I think that's some really, really solid points there. Well made. Uh, a little bit of conscious of time. Um, thank you for ever so much for going into detail there. Um, Jasper, did you want to sort of pick up and sort of add, add to that where we've, we've sort of um, landed? Yeah, absolutely, James. And uh, thank you, Sean and Stuart, for making my job uh, really easy. Uh, you've articulated, I guess, the, the transferable skills, certainly from a people point of view, really, really well. So, so thank you. So I'll, I'll try and make my piece uh, as brief as I can. So 
A little bit about me. Um, I'm Jasper Jandu. I'm the Deputy Group CISO for ITV. Uh, for those outside of the UK, it's uh, the largest commercial broadcaster. Um, we supply content uh, to a lot of the, the usual suspects uh, that you may be uh, subscribing to, as well as making our own content uh, for our own channels uh, in the UK. Uh, we also have a news function and um, various other things that we, uh, we, we do at ITV. So um, in terms of uh, kind of transferable skills um, and approach, I'm, I'm going to take uh, a little bit of time to focus more on the technical side of things, uh, selfishly because uh, we are recruiting at ITV for, um, uh, you know, security platform engineers, uh, and application security engineers and you know I, I reflected um, you know quite heavily in in terms of the challenge that we have um, you know recognizing that the industry is short on cyber professionals um, I've built many uh, teams you know even prior to to ITV and and it's always a challenge finding good people so so we kind of pivoted a little bit and, and thought actually we need to think outside the box. So, so what are the core skills for these sorts of roles? So if you're, you know, if you're a techie and you really wanna you know, go into security because it's intriguing, you know, you, you've got that kind of you know, investigative kind of mindset, um, but, but are a software engineer and, and don't quite know how to pivot, let, let me assure you that because of where you know, most tech stacks now in, in large organizations and even small organizations is going. It's very much cloud focused, uh, very much going towards, you know, technologies such as, you know, AWS, uh, Google's cloud platforms, uh, Azure. And, you know, as Stuart mentioned earlier, you know, I, I'm one of those kind of 20 year plus uh, cyber security uh, people. I've done nothing but uh, cyber security even before it was a thing. But but it's only in the last probably, I'd say five to eight years, where, where, where there's been a significant shift in the skills that are now needed um, because of the likes of Amazon, Google and Azure. So if you think about how you deploy um, technical controls in those environments, it's all very much API led. It's all about configuration management. Um, it's all the things that security people of old were crying out for uh, many, many moons ago. And now these guys, you know, Amazon have made it happen. However, you still need engineers that understand, you know, how to code, how to configure these things, because it is very, very different from how the old world was was done um, and 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 the security industry as a whole hasn't quite caught up to kind of how 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 their current solutions in you know data centers adapt to you know this new software driven kind of configuration management and and security tooling um, so so for those that you know are out there kind of wondering you know about kind of what the opportunities are. If you're an engineer or a software engineer in particular, the world is, is your oyster at this point, I'd say. Um, and, 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 and we've, we've recruited um, people at ITV um, that have come from very technical uh, backgrounds, but have 
shown a passion and an interest uh, in security and, and have done really well. Uh, we've taken uh, people from our devices teams, our infrastructure teams to pivot towards security again because you know a lot of the stuff that they were doing um, was was around security in their roles but they just didn't have security in their titles so again a lot of those pe people have been able to to take those core skill sets and 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 now move to to to, to security focused roles as a result um, and i guess you know things like uh, incident response insecurity um you know all of the, the the tooling that that now kind of makes that happen um because of the the, the speed of response that's required to curtail large-scale um incidents is now all you know hinged upon automation and orchestration technologies again all of that requires software engineering skills to inter build integrations between different systems to, to, to make sure that, you know, if, if, if something suspicious is seen, you know, with, with a, a particular computer, you can then, you know, build an integration with, you know, your network components to isolate that computer from the network. To do that manually, for teams could take hours and and you don't have hours in the world of incident response uh when you're working in in, in cyber so again uh, uh, you know those those skills from a software engineering perspective are, are, are much more sought after in security than they ever have been uh before um and, and i guess you know the other benefit of for, for me you know recruiting people that have come in from you know primarily an engineering background and now want to pivot into security is uh, I think Stuart mentioned this you know security is as much about you know hearts and minds and winning hearts and minds and, and building trust with other teams uh, as it is about you know the, the, the technicalities of security and you know what I found is recruiting you know a good software engineer that can empathize with software engineering teams as to what pressures they're under tends to garner much better results because you know as an ex-software engineer now having to solve the security problems faced by you know software engineers that have to do security as part of their kind of job over and above while getting you know pressures from the business to to move at pace you, you have to develop solutions that do not, you know, block or slow those teams down. Now, those teams are more willing to open the door to other software engineers because th there is that, you know, understanding between them. There is that kind of early empathy. So I think that's a, a definitely an additional kind of uh, bonus for uh, those again looking to get into to the industry and thinking about the the kind of skills uh, that they can bring to the table um, and I think the only other thing I'll, I'll, I'll say is um, you know we're recruiting as I said at ITV um, you know a lot of it for me is about the right attitude and the right mindset so you know often what I look for is you know even above the the technical kind of skill set um 
we can teach the security, but but the attitude and mindset is is a much harder thing to to teach. Um, and you know, when you're coming to to an interview, be prepared to 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 answer questions like, you know, what? So you've got an interest in security. You're applying for a security specific role. What what have you proactively done? Um, you know, to 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 make that 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 change very real over and above your, your your day job whether that's you know the journey that that sean took or or whether that's a similar journey to to what stuart did but but both of them uh you know took time out consciously to you know go over and above to really immerse themselves in in the field whether that's getting qualifications reading books you know networking with others um, or, or just playing with with tools. A lot of it's now open source. You can do it, um, you know, with a couple of computers or a couple of VMs uh, at home. So I, I'd really, really encourage everyone to to, to do that. So so with that, I'm, I'm conscious of, of time, uh, James. Um, I'll, I'll kind of hand it hand it back to you. Thank you, Jasper. Um, yeah, I think some really good points to made there on top of the other sort of uh, guys that also looked at the softer skill approach, so also from that technical angle. So I made a few notes here. I gather software engineers, absolutely security applicable. It sounds like the same sort of attitude can be taught coming from more of an infrastructure security engineering type route as well. So if you're a build a working infrastructure, not necessarily a, a flat out developer, but also can come from a similar angle and transfer into cybersecurity, still teach that cyber angle. Yeah, absolutely, James. So, um, you know, certainly what we've done, uh, I mentioned our devices team, you know, we've got a huge amount of technical talent um, across technology. Um, and if you think about some of the controls on the endpoint, so in devices, for example, you know, EDR, which is endpoint detection and response, you know, the traditional AV, um, just, you know, configuring kind of encryption uh, utilities, etc. you know, software patching and all of those tooling um, kind of things that, that need to, to, to make the environment secure. Uh, all of those things are done by our devices team, um, you know, a, a specific area of our devices team that kind of focus on those things. Mm. So, so that's a, a really good example of, uh, again, you know, anybody with a strong engineering mindset pivoting to a very you know specific part of you know managing a a, a security tool set awesome. so the devices you know managing the endpoint and putting av on you know we can teach the, the the pieces around av and what good configuration looks like and why it needs to go on to the endpoints mm. that the, the devices engineering teams know you know how how to manage conflicts between different kind of software versions you know how to make sure that deployments go smoothly so they bring all of that to the table mm. um, and and all of that's really important because nobody wants to be the one that deploys a security tool that doesn't land very well in an organization um, you know because the, the next time you try it it's going to be incredibly tough so 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 that 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 kind of skill set is is a really nice kind of um unification uh, and a crossroads where where people pe people can start awesome cool we've had a few questions come through on uh, i'm in a service desk engineer or, or help desk engineer i think it's three or four that have come through prior and, and also here as well so hopefully that provides some context about 
basic security hygiene can lead into into bigger things within security and um, we've had a couple of questions asked before the, the webinar itself so uh, if I can sort of open them uh, open them up a little bit here so a few people that throughout the week have asked me about the longevity in security with the increase of sort of automation and new technologies coming through IOT automation all these sorts of things is security going to be needed in the future or will it be automated um, I don't know um, Stuart did you want to come in with the centric as you on that? yeah I don't believe you can teach a machine about the intimacies of a business and about the nuances of a business and about the nuances of risk. You can teach a machine that two plus two, you know, my risk score of two divided by my uh, impact of four and sorry, times my impact of four divided by my vulnerability of 32 will give me my risk score. But, I think you need to also understand the nuances of, of a business and understand that, you know, not one size fits all. Also, AI, while it will have some massive applications in security and will make our lives hopefully a lot easier, um, I don't think will substitute a human when you're dealing with a very technical incident mm. so you need again when you're doing incident management uh, which was talked about before you need I believe someone to be able to make judgment calls and you need someone to be able to understand that X plus Y does not always equal Z. Nine times out of 10, it does. But the one time out of 10, it doesn't is the time that you put a security patch on a trading system and lock all the traders out for 24 hours and lose your company $32 billion. Thank you. I, th I think well said. I, I think uh, I'm in the same camp. I don't think a machine could ever really replace sort of human sort of common sense or interactions there. Um, we've had a question here, Sean, that you might be able to sort of uh, come in on. Um, so Hale asks, I got a, a law degree back in 2013. I don't have any experience in IT at all. What would be the most effective way to for me to enter the IT sector? Sure. Um, so I guess the IT sector is, is kind of... Um... An interesting, an interesting piece. If I, if I maybe change that question a little bit and look yeah, at so more the, the sort of infosec and, and cyber uh, specifically. Um, now I'm sure everybody on of all of the what are we, 300 people on this call have all had an inundation of emails from everyone you've ever done business with relating to GDPR and data <laughs> privacy and things like that. Huge development with regards to data protection um relating to to the legal aspects that are put in, in place from uh from the european regulator so that that's the case across across the globe as well i should say but having a law degree within a field like infosec and privacy or governance or anything regulation based is actually a huge benefit i would if i'm looking for a, a privacy council or a general council or someone who's going to help me from a regulatory perspective with regards to infosec and it i would prefer someone having a JD or a, or a law degree than someone having uh, an IT degree necessarily because it's a different skill set it's it's definitely they're intertwined completely 
But, um, you know, if you're looking at transferable skills and, and maybe playing your best card, I would say maybe look at how you could apply that degree as opposed to um, sort of negating it and, and almost starting from scratch. Uh, bring with you that, that degree and say, put your best foot forwards and say, look, I, I can understand the regulatory aspects and I can translate those into maybe some technical um, controls that you maybe need to look at and, and really sort of push that the legal background as a strength as opposed to just something that you're trying to get past. Amen. And if I can just add, um, not only, you know, GDPR and privacy, which are, you know, immediate sort of thoughts, but also legal aspects in contracts, IT contracts, supplier reviews, legal aspects in incident management, because as soon as you have an incident and there's a third party involved, um, again, it all, it all gets quite messy. And having a lawyer who also understands IT and who has um, taken time to learn and to get a professional qualification or accreditation, whichever way it might be, um, is an incredibly valuable asset to have. And then the, the other point is that there are law firms that specialize in, in, in cyber, in, in you know, electronic law, for want of a better word. So, you know, when you sign a document and it's electronically signed, does that, does that have legal standing or does it not? When you, you know, when you have a data spill, what are the protections and what are the, you know, over and above the regulation, you can go into the litigation, litigatory aspect or, or all the other aspects. So, yeah, I completely agree with, with Sean. Don't, don't hide it in a bushel and say, um, you know, I need to start from scratch, build on what you have. Sean, do you agree? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just the, the breadth, as you, as you mentioned there, there are a thousand and one different ways that you can apply that. That's a really good, um, really good thing to have in your, in your locker. You know, one of those things that you have in your arsenal that uh, I would be very proud of and, and bring to the forefront when you apply and interview and things like that. Cool. Thanks, guys. Um, Jasper, this might be a question more related down to the technical routes, I guess. Um, so we've had a couple of questions around application security and penetration testing, but specifically, uh, Ronan here asks, uh, what are the realistic programming requirements for penetration testing? They're coming from a Java background, so I, I assume they're talking about more application security, app, app or mobile pen testing. Okay, so, so I would say that no matter what kind of structured programming language you've been used to, whether it's Java, C, or, or, or anything else. Um, I think, you know, fundamentally, if you can code and understand code, you know, there, there, there are, you know, dime a dozen opportunities in, 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 in the world of application security for you. Um, you know, things like static code reviews, uh, configuring those tools, you know, interpreting those results, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter um, what, what programming language you're used to, as long as you can kind of pivot to, to multiple languages, because fundamentally the, the principles are the same. Um, I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that there's one particular language that would open more doors for you when compared to something else. I, I will say that, that, that also having, you know, 
been able to um, code in a in a structured language such as Java again sets you up really well to do scripting. So you know I've talked about automation, you know the orchestration, the the, the kind of you know building in integrations between different systems to to to, to respond to incidents. Again, just just requires a fundamental baseline in in being able to code or script. Hopefully that answers uh, answers the question. Absolutely, no, thank you. I think that's, that's really helpful. I think it's just if you've got those basic fundamentals there, it's it's going back to what we said earlier and and transferring over. Um, a good question here has actually just come through from from Nick. Um, I've been in the IT service and infrastructure management arena for 20 plus years, looking to move into cybersecurity and infosec crossover to further my career. Is the CISM certification a good route for me, or would you suggest another route? So CISM, CISM. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll take the one. So I, I've done the CISM, I've done the CISP, and I've done the, the cloud um, CISP as well. So um, in my experience, someone coming from a sort of more infrastructure perspective, if you feel like you're lacking in terms of security management, then CISM is useful. It will definitely give you an opportunity to prove that or to demonstrate that you've got a, a qualification in security management so that now CISM is very much more administrative it's talking about policies governance uh, you're not talking technical here so what you would be doing essentially is relying on your technical capabilities that you've built up over your career and then supplementing with the CISM to show that yes I can also do security management and I understand it from a bigger picture perspective which is absolutely uh, you know a completely viable way of going about it. If that's something that you're looking to get into, you sort of forecasting maybe an information security manager type role or something like that. Um, that's that's definitely a, a useful qualification. And it doesn't take too, too long. It's not as um, arduous as maybe the CISP or, or some of the other more technical ones. It's, uh, I think it's four domains still. And, uh, and I would recommend it. I've used mine. Um, certainly I use it more in the latter stages of the career than you do at the start. Um, because it talks more about management concepts, but uh, yeah, it's it's something that's, that's there. It's reasonable, and it's not as much of a commitment as some of the other ones. Um, if you did want to sort of batten, uh, double down, I guess, on the experience that you already have, and really go down maybe more the architecture route, um, sort of the building, the infrastructure, that that piece, and stay, you know, security architecture piece, I should say, then um, you could also consider some of the other uh, more technically based. Uh, qualifications there but yeah if you're looking to to show diversity CISM is a good way to go awesome thank you Sean and um, Stuart a question for yourself I guess we've had a, a few conversations throughout the week and from different people who are leaving or just left the forces and they're saying you know I've just come out of the forces I know there's a shortage in cyber security what are sort of the initial sort of first steps I should take I know you touched on it very briefly earlier with you know pick up a hacking for dummies type book but is there anything you know general advice i'll come out the forces i've got an interest in the space what's my first sort of step from yourself yeah um so i, I guess the, the the first piece of advice is if you're still in the forces um be smart about your resettlement and be smart about your resettlement leave and be smart about your resettlement grants and be smart about the resettlement opportunities that that the forces will pay for you to do and it, it would be um, a great investment of your time if you're thinking of going into cybersecurity to go and do some of the courses that lead to the qualifications that uh, Sean just 
uh, just spoke to. Um, cybersecurity is very diverse. Information security is very diverse. Cybersecurity is an aspect of it. But again, there's, there's lots of angles to it, where it be policy, where it be risk, whether it be governance, whether it be penetration testing, etc. So, so choose a path, because once you're in, it's quite, it's a lot easier to cross train, get experience shadowing a project and then move into something that really, really interests you, you know, it might be penetration testing. So once you're in information security and once you're in a company, there's nothing to stop you volunteering for other projects that will enhance your skills if, if you're in or your interests, if they lie in that, in that field. Um, so you've just left the forces. Um, there's the sort of three things that I suggest uh, that you do. Um, network like crazy. And you'll find that lots of former forces people are delighted to help current forces people or transitioning forces people. Um, it's a really, really strong network um, because we have shared experiences, shared deployments. Um, what have you so 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 use your network and seek as much advice from from lots of different people as possible um the second one is is get qualified and get certified um because again that stands you in 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 good stead um and then the final one i i would suggest is find a differentiator so find something that stands you out um, from either your peers who will be applying for the same job. So look at your best friend in the forces that you served alongside and say, how can I differentiate myself from him? If we were applying for exactly the same job, why would I get it and why would they not? And what would differentiate? And then build on that differentiator. And then try and differentiate yourself from people that as per the last question have been coming from an IT field. So I've been a service desk engineer. I understand IT and now I've moved into cybersecurity and both of you are going for the same role. So how would you differentiate that? Well, don't forget all the, just like the question we had with the, with the legal aspect and the lawyer, you know, don't hide your skills in a bushel that they're, they're well-earned and hard-earned. So while, the person who came from an IT service desk might understand networking and, and how IT works. There are lots of things that your forces career will have grown and developed you in, like leadership, like um, delivery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you. I think that's really helpful. And I think um, that will resonate with a lot of people on the, on, the, on the call here. I think we've got time for one more very, very quick sort of question and answer, if that's all right. Um, there's been a few come through that are in a similar sort of camp, so I'll, I'll group them together. Um, so I think there's people from sort of more infrastructure backgrounds are asking around, um, is experience within cloud and cloud security valued higher than certifications within cloud security? Um, Jasper, I know we're having a very similar conversation earlier this week around the same sort of thing. Do you want to sort of take the lead on this one just, just lastly? Yeah, happy to. Uh, conscious of time, so I'll make it brief. Um, 
I guess what I'll, what I'll say is, you know, it's worth anybody coming from, you know, traditional infrastructure, you know, being used to working in kind of with data center kit effectively and now moving towards more a software defined uh, environment. Um, it's worth just signing up to some of the free accounts that you can now on, on AWS, um, GCP or Azure and just, you know, get, get familiar with how at least one of those three platforms um, kind of operates and works and the tools that they have um, from an infrastructure perspective. Um, get yourself, um, I think it was uh, mentioned by, by Sean uh, at the top of the hour that, uh, you know, th there are many three letter acronyms and, and Stuart mentioned it as well. Uh, it's a whole new language learn the language so that uh, you know w at least you can have a meaningful conversation around the tool sets in those kind of uh, i guess new platforms in the cloud so that when you're in in the interview process you can be really honest and say look i've got an interest i've been reading about it i've signed up to these things i've not had enterprise experience but i get the concepts i can i can be conversational with that um, and there'll be somebody that 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 will give you that 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 opportunity to to shadow a, a team, join you know join a, a company, and then build build upon that. What what you don't want is to say, I'm a traditional infrastructure person, and and that's all I understand. And now I'm applying for a role to to you know architect uh, AWS platforms. Awesome, thank you. I, I think that's a a really concise. You know, in a nutshell answer there to, to go away and give some people to, to go up on. So that just about brings us to our, our, our hour mark. So I'm conscious mark over just slightly. So, so um, thank you to everyone again. I really appreciate all that. We've had an abundance of questions, which is fantastic. I'm just reading through them all here. We haven't quite had time to answer them all today. So what I'll do is we'll be able to record all these questions here. Um, myself and the team here at NDK, all we do is cybersecurity recruitment. So I'm sure we'll be able to help that. I'll liaise with the other panelists as well to see if they can come in with uh, any specific answers on any questions directed at them specifically. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really hope um, today helped. Um, some, some points were taken away. Um, we'll send a, a follow-up uh, information email as well with some, some good sort of tangible guides summarizing sort of where your transferable skills may lie if you if you know cybersecurity is the interest but not quite sure where you can pick it out from. So we've, we've got a bit of work we can send over to you there. Um, all of the team's contact details will be on that email as well so please do feel free to get in touch more than happy to have a conversation all of us here do a very very similar thing so we we can arrange a one-to-one -one if necessary to, to map out sort of a personal plan of, of where you want to do and what you want where you want to go um so finally from me thank you ever so much to to all the speakers here that they kindly agreed to give it the time thank you to everybody for for listening um it's much appreciated I, I really genuinely hope it helped um we're always open to feedback we can't improve without it so any feedback you've got feel free to fire it over but um Ultimately, have a, have a fantastic weekend and um, we hope to be in touch soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you all. Thank you all.